right. Hey, Soph. Hello. How are you? Good. It's so nice to see all that Texas stuff behind you. Oh, in my brother's room. All right. So the question of the week, I am going to put you on the spot a little bit. So if you don't know, we can uh, brainstorm a little bit. But as we're ending the year, is there a show that's either premiering or coming back that you're most excited for? I'm really excited that Great is coming back. Yes, that'll come back like this week. I think it's mm-hmm. Friday. Yeah, yeah. 19th. Yeah, right around the corner. I am also right. very excited about the Great. I completely forgot. I mean, I didn't forget about it because it comes up on like the podcast Instagram a lot because I think I follow like every actor on that show. Um, <laughs> I'm really excited for the new season of Maisel. We don't have a premiere date yet, but she, Rachel Brosnahan posted two like set pictures and I was like, holy shit, like it's been forever since we've had yeah, they f- were filming a- it a ton this spring in New York. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited for that show. I think I think one of the best things about both of those shows is they like don't need to acknowledge the pandemic at all, um, mm-hmm. which I mean, shows have done and moved on from it at this point. But yeah, I'm very excited. I forgot about the great. Oh my gosh, it's going to be so freaking good. And Jillian Anderson is going to play her mom. Yeah, I'm so excited. So- She's getting a lot of, she's getting a lot of, she's on a lot of Netflix or like on a lot of streaming shows these days. Yeah. Um, oh man, I miss sex education. <laughs> but um, this week we are going to talk about a show that you watched a while ago and I just watched this week as I was dragging my heels on and regretted as I got into it. I mean, I watched it in like three days once I started it. <laughs> um, so do you want to get started? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Talking about their favorite themes on silver screen. They'll try to stay on beam. Who said that this podcast was spoiler free? It's time for single best scene. Hi, I'm Sophie. And I'm Maddie. And welcome to Single Best Scene. This week we're covering season four of Netflix's own Elite. Or as Sophie would call it. How do they actually say it in Spain? Elite. Elite. So (laughs) I did some research this time for the like synopsis of the show. And actually I'm going to read one that applies to season four instead of like (laughs) just the random season one. We're so far from where we started. I was going to, because like when I like left the season one blurb for all of the Mad Men episodes, it was like, this is so dumb. So when I looked at this one, it was like three new students join a school and someone gets murdered. And I'm like, well, we're so far past that. Mm -hmm. So uh, season four cover or see the season the season four plot is with the arrival of a new principal and his kids comes a new mystery after Ari one of the children is found close to death the story picks up with a new school term as well as a new director who happens to be one of the most powerful businessmen in Europe ready to bring the school back to his uh, uh to glory since it's been running amok the past few years um yeah, that's it. The three children always get their way and to have what they want, no matter who falls. Who will jeopardize the union and strong friendship of the students who have stayed at the school? That was like pulled straight from Wikipedia and you can tell as I was reading it because it was the same synopsis, synopsis like three different ways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like a new principal and his kids joined the school. A new leadership joins the school and his three children joined. But yeah, basically new principal, three kids, psycho chaotic chaotic energy ensues and the and the old uh the old lost austin students um have to deal with their wreckage 
this was definitely I will say in terms of like them bringing in new characters these are the four characters that they had eventually brought on Ari Patrick and Mencina the the Benjamin kids and then Prince Philip seemed to have the most collateral damage for the most people yeah Whereas in past seasons, it would just be like one character mm-hmm. brought a lot of chaos for like two char- like right. two other people. Whereas they like were just a bowling ball of destruction. Yeah. Like no one got out unscathed. No. Every single person had like extreme, an extreme storyline because of one of those people. Yeah. Um, they really wrecked it. And time. I will say that I really enjoyed the addition and those four, like they were just like chaos agents. But I thought it it yeah. helped um, and it made it feel like we weren't actually missing anybody because they kind of like overfilled the roles. Like they just like didn't replace Nadia. You know what I mean? Like they didn't replace yeah. Nadia, but they gave us like two Valerios, right? Mencina right. and Patrick both had those, like you said, yeah. like Valerio, like energies when we were talking off pod. But what did you think of season four overall, just before we um, get into the nitty gritty? Yeah, you know, they really had a like tough challenge since the show had like gained this like cult following with the original cast right like mm-hmm. and um you know it so they had to replace so much of the cast at once that like that was always going to be tough you know like yeah. how, how are the everyone how is everyone going to mesh like are we gonna is the audience going to buy into whatever is going on and so it was always guys kind of going to be tough, but um, yeah, I think they did a, a good job for the most part. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk about it more, but um, mm-hmm. I liked the three siblings and I thought it made sense that we just brought a whole new family and that had multiple characters from the same family, but it mm-hmm. did feel way too much. Like they just like copy and pasted Lou. <laughs> yeah. But like put her in like Guzman's family. Cause like at the beginning I was like, is that, the family home, like, cause it was like the rich, fa- like, I don't know. I felt yeah. like there were some qualities that reminded me of like the first season with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I think you and I were texting about how it felt like they just kind of like shoved Lou and Carla's personalities into one person and like mm-hmm. made it Ari. Yeah. And it's like, we don't. And like Nadia with like her not drinking. So it was like the three leads, the three female leads that left the show were just kind of like molded and put into Ari. And then Patrick, Mencina and Philip got to be their like own right characters more in a way yeah um I don't know maybe I I I just felt like she mainly was Ari like the way she dressed her like elitist ad like season one Ari like it was like or season one Lou like where she was like kind of bitchy Blair Waldorf even like getting together with Sam with um Guzman I was like we've already seen this yeah it was just so disappointing that they couldn't come up with a female character that had like other characteristics. Right. Well, and to, especially to lose like th- the, I think it's interesting because I can't think of another show where you've disproportionately lost like more of one like gender. Right. So like they yeah. lost the three female leads, but oh, none no. of the guys left the show. So like we had seen, and this is one, one of my, like, I don't know if it's even worse, but more just like conversational things, but we had seen so much growth with Samuel and Guzman, especially mm-hmm. throughout the three seasons with 
Samuel and Carla pushing the bound, like pushing the boundaries of like what he is willing to do for someone else and all that stuff. And then with Guzman realizing that he doesn't want the superficial, he wants to work for the girl and like get like in a healthy relationship with Nadia only for them to like throw all of that away and have Guzman and like Samuel like fighting over a girl, which is something that like based on everything they've been through with like murder and like fake kidnapping and like another murder, like you would think. We were past that. We were past that. And I think this show tries so hard. And I think it works sometimes. I think it's frustrating and confusing other times and being like almost overly progressive. Cause at the end of the day, these are still high schoolers who are just like all in open relationships and like all of their friends are sleeping with their other friends, but like they're in love with them and they're okay with it. It's like they just like do things that are really grown up and then react in a way that's like age appropriately high school. Mm-hmm that is like a little bit frustrating like the open relationship like the guzman samu like cheating thing like they fought about it i I get what you're saying though sorry all of that to say is yes i agree that ari was was very loo like and it just wasn't um but not growth loo like we had watched loo growth right yeah it it was factory they just factory set loo and like put her in a different family like yeah after watching original Lou grow so much it it was extra frustrating to like Rego, we're back to square one with this girl like who's just the same and has to learn the same lessons that's the thing it's like this isn't interesting you have to watch this similar character learn similar lessons as the other like strong female lead in this ensemble whatever Mm -hmm. no I agree but I I think but overall I thought they did a good job I was gonna say I think overall they like reinvented the show enough that I'm not surprised. Like I will continue to watch it. Like it doesn't feel like, I don't remember what show, maybe, maybe it was the show, but you always talked about how there's like one show, or maybe, no, no, it was Outer Banks, how you, and I think you've said this on pod, but you're like, it needs to just be three seasons and then like yeah. call it quits. Like it, it doesn't need to push not on. All I do stories, think, yeah, need 30 or 40 or 50 episodes. Right. Oh. I do think Elite did enough in season four to like, get like a new like we'll be able to lose the beginning characters and like have enough stick around um yeah, but I, I don't agree. I'm still confused about how they're gonna keep managing to have like murder be the like, yeah yeah but well, be the mystery like it it's shocking they've made it this far and well maybe they'll make the maybe season so it got renewed for season five and maybe that mystery will be like where's Armando sure but yeah. you know what I mean like I'm just trying to think of like or um like someone's on the run maybe? right because it or was really like, heist. <laughs> You're like they do What's also write money heist? we could come up with well and they've already well, done like, the okay actually being stranded on an island would be good yeah like, like they all the get, flash like... forward is they're on an island like oh it's like how do they get there and whose fault yeah. is it why are they shipwrecked and whose fault is it i could do something like that because yeah i mean it is at this point like kind of ridiculous that so yeah. much bad stuff happens at one high school and also that they're all like I did like that they were like the big it was like the big thing was like New Year's Eve so I was like oh they're just doing three months like this show is not even yeah, pretending to be a full school season. it's like yeah. fall term yeah but all right so we've covered a little bit of the like overall thoughts let's get into mm-hmm. bits and jokes okay so I actually have several comments just about oh, the first episode go for it knock them out um, knock them out I can just yeah run, roll it did through. feel like kind of a repilot Yes, because we had to be introduced to all these new people. Mm-hmm. Um, the Benjamins. The Benjamins. So I. But their last name's not Benjamin. It's very confusing. <laughs> they're basically the plastics, but we're calling them the Benjamins, even though that's their dad's name. I don't. I don't get it. Um, 
but <laughs> I was Googling the age of consent in Spain during the premiere. So, you know, it's, it's good to be back in a leash in a elite world. Um, the three siblings with that came with the new principal, that's like brilliant. Um, Omar, okay, read the test that they're all gonna have to take to stay in the school. Um, Omar hasn't gone to school in three years. So it's unclear why he's there now or could pass any test at all. They've never acted like he was smart. Like in no, at no point were they, so like, they oh, he's a genius. It's so sad that he's having to work at the grocery store. No. No, they actually actively made it so that it was like, Nadia's gonna have the future. So like, she's gonna she's go to the, the school. <laughs> Cause like, never forget this whole show started because like Guzman's family, like and Carlos family had that bad construction deal that like collapsed mm-hmm. a building, collapsed mm-hmm. the school building. No, I thought that was weird. I hated that plot. It was awful. Um, uh, okay, it's a wild. They did a lot of school this year. I will say that. Yeah, they, they were in school a lot. It's wild that um, the principal dad apparently doesn't really care where his daughter is. Like, Oh, Mencia. Yeah, Mencia. Um, and it's incredibly creepy off the bat. I was like, incredibly creepy that he's replaced his wife with his oldest daughter. Like, that's so fucked up. I thought that too. There was a, it had to have been a TV show. Oh, it was like a, maybe it was a book plot or something where, no, it was like, oh, 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 it was Riverdale. Of course it was fucking Riverdale. Of course it was fucking Riverdale. Um, I started to think of, do you remember the Edgar Everesson's cult, the farm yes, the thing farm. where it was like yes. the daughter was the actually wife. his wife? Yes, yes. But like in school, pretending to be the daughter to be like a cult recruiter. That's what I kept thinking. I kept thinking that Ari was going to like actually be like the mom or like his like mom. Yeah. Yeah. I kept being like, why does this sound so familiar? It for sure was that Edgar Everestance or whatever. God, Riverdale's so stupid. Ever never? Ever never? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Michael, Chad Michael Murray. (laughs) I know, right? God, that show. Um, and then the son has Valerio energy, but more evil. And I did not like it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I didn't mm-hmm. like it off the bat he wore he eventually like I eventually got into an okay place with him like towards the end and end but I was like no this because Valeria was fun like he was chaotic but he was lovable right this kid Patrick it seemed so dark like his shits just seemed well, I think where they made the misstep with Patrick is they gave him no actual friends, right? So Valeria was doing all of his yeah. weird sex stuff and doing all that, but like had Nadia and Rebe right. as like friends. Yeah. Whereas Patrick just like solely came in to like fuck up Omar and Ander and like, yes. that was it. Like he wasn't even really a sibling. Like he didn't really even like give a yeah, shit about Mencia. Like, yeah, with or like sisters. make an effort to be friends with anybody that he didn't want to sleep with. So right. that was like very... like the worst parts of Valeria exactly right exactly um but then I just felt sad for that kid it was again dark um uh also just wrote good for Mincia for getting a sugar daddy so painlessly (laughs) (laughs) I mean I guess she is a prostitute sort of but like there's you know she's not there's just one like she just found one man yeah sad and some man was like I'll pay you to have sex with me occasionally but here's a shirt ton of money and this is a real relatively safe environment like if only it was so easy well and also she didn't realize that she was I guess I'm not alone and sad at hotels all that often (laughs) well my favorite part about that is that she just like 
accidentally became one. Like, <laughs> right. like he was like, do you want to stay in a hotel room tonight? And no, she was like, yeah. Being a prostitute, like. And then he was like, okay, I'm going to go. And she was like, no, stay. And she had sex with him. Good for her, whatever. Except she is a literal child, um, like f- 16 maybe. And then woke up in the morning and he just like left cash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, her like uh, stumbling yeah. into being a prostitute is just like peak elite. Uh, yeah, yes, yeah. No other show could like write that so seamlessly. Right, correct. Um, and then the last thing I wrote was, which I'm actually honestly not sure if this was in um, one or two the pilot or if it was in the second episode, but um, they were, um, Guzman was being really melodramatic about like the time change and like it being a problem with their relationship. And like, I'm like 99% sure Madrid is only five hours ahead of New York. Which is not that much. Like, yeah. It, I think it's three hours behind New York. Like, it's just not that much time. Right. I don't know if that was in the first or second episode. Because I remember he was, like, pouting about Nadia, mm-hmm. like, pushing back their phone call. And then he, like, looked at Omar and was like, sorry, man. And Omar was like, oh, no, it's okay. Like, and then he, like, begged him to go take Ari on a date so they didn't have to do that test. Like, it was so weird. Like, it was so weird. Guzman the season... I mean, we'll talk about it for sure in like the plots part. We can talk about it later then. But he, well, no, all I was going to say is he was the least consistent he's ever been. Which is really saying something. Which is saying a lot considering he was extremely inconsistent in the first two seasons. Yeah, he's pretty unstable. Like I just would like, how quickly he gave up on his relationship with Nadia after literally fighting for her for years asking her dad begging for her to stay in school like fighting for her in the stupid short stories it was like why didn't tell you just all for ari? ari back just back get to again to get back together with lou 2.0 the worst lou that he broke up with well and and i i think one of the reasons you know? <laughs> i yeah well one of the reasons that he broke up for for the girlfriend he was dating when he met ari one of the reasons the show is so good and also is frustrating is because there's only eight episodes. So I might've bought that he could have like slowly fallen in love with Ari or like seen some redemption in her or whatever, but like, it was like three days. And then he was like taking her on that fake date. And then like, it just all happened. So everything in that show happened so quickly, like truly like I'm surprised in your notes, you don't have the fact that I'm going to tack it on to your episode one season four episode one notes which is who the fuck meets in a shower completely naked and then like becomes like like the fact that Ander and Patrick met in a shower was just the most like slap you over the face with this affair I've mm-hmm. ever seen in my life like it there's like the lack of subtlety right in yeah. that scene was insane yeah no it was um like I was watching and I was like no way like does this school have any per- like any privacy I don't none who meets in a shower the elite kids only the elite kids but sorry anyway back to you no 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 that, that was all I had um I feel like we have the opposite because it's like so fresh in my mind and I haven't talked to anybody about it but you so now I'm just like screaming because I'm finally getting like <laughs> No, 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 it's totally fine. Um, That's how this show is. I still don't understand how it's like number one, and I have yet to meet anyone who who has seen it. It's like it's the Big Bang Theory effect. Um, it's the Big Bang Theory effect. 
All right, um, you want to go into the inside now? <laughs> we get it. We get Thank the hype. Um, Look, I'm in too deep with the show. I do love it, same. but I only recommend it to people who like watch enough TV to put up with it. I only recommend it to people who like in any way would watch Gossip Girl. I feel like that's a really good pulse check for this show because if you're willing to watch Gossip Girl, that means you're like okay with like petty high school drama and like some raunchiness. Mm-hmm. And I always ask that first. And then from there, I'm like, well, it's kind of graphic sometimes. Yeah. Also, it's like yeah. you have to like TV enough to, to read, read it. So, yeah. Because I do not think that show's good in English. No. It's just not. It's just not. Um, but right. okay. Let's go, into, they, let's go into bits and jokes. You and I talked a little bit before we hit record that the show's like, I said this, but it's a little bit harder to like remember the like quotes from this because it's not universally popular enough to be something that we can easily research and reference, but because it is in Spanish, unless you like pause every other word, like it just is almost, it's like nearly impossible to like word for word, remember a joke. I think I have one written down. Like witty comebacks then. Mm -hmm. And so like the setup is, it's more situational humor, I guess. I don't know. Right. So yeah, um, I wrote is I only wrote one actual joke of dialogue and the rest of it is stuff that I just thought was funny. Yeah, I have one actual joke of dialogue too. And it took me like five minutes to like find it up, cue it, pause it. And then I sent it to you. <laughs> so why don't you go first and I'll do my quote and then we can go with the things that are just funny to us. Okay. So um, I'm pretty sure Rebe says this to Guzman about mm-hmm. Ari in the pilot or the premiere about Ari she says she's a stuck-up little daddy's girl so she's your type <laughs> for Samuel great Rebe and I are on the same page about Ari <laughs> yeah also there was another part that made me laugh when they were trying to decide like if Guzman or Samu should go I think it was in that same scene and um I, Guzman went so mean but it did make me chuckle and I can't remember word for what he said but essentially like the Marquesa like Carla's the best you're ever going to get and like no other yep, rich person's yep. going to want you. <laughs> it was in the same scene. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, no, Gu- Guzman should really go for it. Like she doesn't go for like poor people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was when they were like plotting to see who could like convince her, her, to get her dad to not make them all take that test to make them stay in the school, which is so shitty and illegal yeah. sounding. Yeah, um, so my one quote is when... Um, Ari asks Katiana to make her a dress and Katiana like is like no like being like kind of like all high and mighty about it and she goes I can't I can't with you I honestly uh I can't with your honesty I want your talent not your friendship <laughs> I was like good for you Ari she's like I literally don't want to be friends with you I just want you to make me a dress that made me laugh oh my all right, things that are only funny to us, but not jokes on the show. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they were jokes on the show, but um, I, I either in the first or second episode, Ari says to Guzman, Ari read Guzman for his whole personality after knowing him for like a week by saying, calling him a caveman one day and a sweetheart the next. Yep. That's, that's Guzman. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um what's a towel party those are not things do you think that's like their take on an american toga party which i guess yeah i think it's but like just the fact and even the prince showing up in a towel i was like the show's like what is like it made me laugh yeah 
and I also was like, damn, Sam has been working out. Like they looked, uh, he looks great. Everyone looked hot. Yeah. And oh, the yeah. girls had like, like, <laughs> like towel, like they were like done like togas, but it made me laugh because like the fashion in Spain is so different. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of interesting to see how they like styled their towels. I don't mm-hmm. know. It was, it was funny. It was already covered. Um, so speaking of clothes, um, we all thought that the, everyone makes commentary about how the dress code at the Gossip Girl, Constance Billard is a joke. Well, <laughs> really looked like they were formal uniforms compared to what these kids wear to, um, Las Asistencias, or how, how do you say this, college, or high school? Um, Las Encinas. Los Encinas. Um, I wrote down specifically two of Rebe's outfits. One of them where she's literally wearing a bra, <laughs> boxy cropped white denim jacket, and that's it. Like maybe a skirt or some pants, but like nothing. I yeah. she had plaid on that day. Like it was so bad. And then another one where she, um, <laughs> I wrote all caps, no, Rebe in her bra and backless crop top at school. It, it right. does make you wonder, like, what's the point of dress codes? <laughs> like, why do they have uniforms? And, like, the boys do, like, for the most part, wear just, like, they're, you know, they don't, like, really experiment. But, like, you know, the girls will wear, like, literally, like, sheer tops or, like, uh-huh. holes in it. But, like, a lot of them did just wear bras with the blazer and the skirt. And it's, like, <laughs> that's not, like, or, like, I don't know. They, I was going to ask you about like just the fashion in Spain. Cause some of the episodes I'm like, that is the coolest thing I've ever fucking seen. Like, I love that outfit. Oh, like, I, there's stuff that Rebe has it on that I have tried to find on the internet and could not find it. Like she wore this really cool. And this is not usually my style, but like, what's it called when it's like a, I don't know. It's like a, like a vest, but not a vest. It's like a harness, I guess. Okay, yeah. on her oh, date with yeah, Mencina yeah, yeah. which looked really cool like so cool. and I could never wear it but she looked really cool and then the outfit that Katya designed and wore to the uh, New Year's Eve party that like white crop mm-hmm. like was so fucking cool but yeah their school uniforms are just a joke a joke and I did like that they made um Katya wear a janitor uniform but it kind of looks like nurse outfit with just like expensive long sleeve shirts underneath yes <laughs> but when she was <laughs> The out- I did laugh at this. I guess I'll just add this. But when she sits down with Philip's mom, like at the school, so like they go and get her from the janitor closet, but she's wearing one of those like Zara sweaters that are like the turtleneck and then the sleeves. But then this part's open, like the bra part's open. And then it's like, it's not a shirt. It's just like leg warmers for your arms. Yes. yes. And I'm like, why was she wearing, like, where was she going? Like, why doesn't she just go home in her uniform? Like she was still on school property. Yeah. She always changed. Yeah. Um, I have one, I have a few more, but do you want me to keep going or do you want to say your next one? Um, I can say my next one. I was trying to find like any other, like inspo pictures of this, um, anything else that's crazy that they wore this season, but, um, yeah. Oh, and Mencina's oh, dress oh, was yeah. the ugliest thing I've ever seen in the finale. Like truly it was like the least, it was the, it was like terribly ugly, extremely unflattering and her hair looked fucking insane. Like there was not one part of that outfit that wasn't gross. Like it, I, I'll post a picture of it. Don't worry on our Instagram and you can vote like yes or no. We'll do like some fashion. Maybe we'll do some fashion polls for the elite week. That could be fun. But like holy shit that sparkly dress was like tacky and ugly and unflattering and her hair looks like she would have been electrocuted it's all like 
and then she's like screaming at Armando and I'm like you she's an actual child like she looks like a little kid who played dress up and like you're extorting her because she's your prostitute like it was just so it was a lot um so uh once again we ask where is Samu's mom like I know that she like theoretically went to go like be with her other son in Morocco or wherever they went fled the country but I'm like okay yeah like your one son is on the run but your other son is 17 high school junior so like maybe stay with that one and isn't it has was never really like formally accused of murder correct versus um, nana who's like a former con like a former right an adult like Nana was an adult first of all an adult yeah i did like that it made um i liked i did not miss nadia's parents right kind of forgot they had been main characters in mm-hmm. the first three seasons and i liked that samu and omar were roommates yeah like it made sense their apartment became like the bachelor pad of their friend group like which was kind of fun yeah like gave them all a place to go where they like actually would even have to pretend that parents were there yeah and i mean yeah it made sense other than the fact and like sam is kind of a pushover so yeah he like doesn't make any so it's like we're gonna have a party at your house he's like oh um so can i invite they're like no you can't invite our like no this is a this is an old friends only party mm-hmm. we're not inviting any new friends yeah sorry OGs only <laughs> that actually made me laugh because it like it's like with the relatable. Best, yeah. yeah it's like with the best intentions everybody does that and then someone's yeah. like oh I'm gonna bring this new guy I'm talking to and you're like the floodgates are open so just like fucking bring whoever you want guys this isn't this is no longer just the small intimate gathering that that I wanted but now a group hang. <laughs> right this is not what I this was not what I wanted <laughs> out of this night yeah um, I laughed really hard and I don't, well, maybe you were supposed to, but Katya fangirling over the prince and like giving everybody like an Instagram, like lowdown of like yeah. who he was, what he liked, what he's doing. Like it, it was a very good starting place. I mean, you and I had talked, obviously, and we've done this, our third elite episode. And the first one we were like, fuck Katya. She's like insane and psychotic and really only gave us that Jackie O moment. Mm-hmm. um and then in short stories we we're like holy shit do we like Katya this is great and like I think starting her off being like a fangirling like <laughs> just kind of like almost like an obsessive um cringy fan to where she ended the season on makes me confident that Katya is one of my favorite characters so I liked that growth but just the way she started was very on brand for her like I really thought it was going to blow up more because it was like the exact same playbook she did with Polo where it was like, I'll just befriend the kid who seemingly has a lot of money and no other friends. Right. No, that it tracks 100%. Yeah. What's your next thing that was funny to you? Next, I have um, Omar and Sammy working every single gig this season. <laughs> like they weren't invited to a single thing. They worked every <laughs> single event this entire goddamn season. In addition to being the only two employees at that restaurant. Well, and never forget that Benjamin basically offered Samu money to like not work at the thing and to like just be on the debate team. Yeah, and then he was like, never mind, that won't work. I want to work at the club and serve all of my friends who only go to this one restaurant. I need no sense at all. Um, I liked their little uh, uniforms too. I thought they were funny. Yeah. (laughs) they're like very restrictive yeah the restaurant was um a good shift from like the like nightclub so I laughed really hard at 
the like well one I thought it was actually like like shot very well but the Ari sleeping with both Guzman and Samu and like the way that scene was cut where it would like flip from each guy mm-hmm. but then when Guzman came into school and was like hey I need you to text Ari from your phone asking her to meet you at the late club but it's actually going to be me because I want to surprise her and like that whole series of events made me laugh so hard yes. Guzman hearing the voicemail and still not realizing that they were having an affair was like the cherry on top because mm-hmm. it felt very reminiscent to the um like season three Omar hooking up black party like yeah. the paint thing mm-hmm. but I was like they're never going to live up to that like that yeah. was true like that was like next level iconic from elite and so I'm glad they like kind of went the exact opposite way with Guzman being like oh so weird that she's like voice memoing you about like debate okay see her tomorrow (laughs) so weird okay here's your phone back I'll see her dinner tomorrow thanks Dan you're best you're my best friend (laughs) you're the best man oh my gosh um so uh this is at the very end but um (laughs) <laughs> like the end um of the sh- of the season when you know like the boys are like getting in the car and driving away and they're like saying goodbye to their friends um I just observed that um no one hugged Katia <laughs> I didn't realize she was there until they like pulled the camera back <laughs> <laughs> they also didn't realize um I just thought it was funny <laughs> I want to say Guzman gave her a hug because I remember thinking like I'm bummed that we didn't get more Guzman and Katya scenes after the like kind of wild um not kind of that extremely wild cocaine burglar night yes. um with Rebe like I was like why I wish more people were like being friends with Katya like yeah um but yeah she was just like there maybe next season I think I remember thinking like why isn't Katya there and then <laughs> the camera pulled back and I was like oh she is there she is there she is she's with Omar <laughs> Um, the last thing to me that I thought was very funny was the reveal. And I guess maybe it, it took me a minute and it definitely wasn't supposed to be funny that Rebe's mom knew Mencia was a prostitute before Mencina knew she was a prostitute with like, she knew Armando yes. also proving that Rebecca's mom is just like terrible. Mm-hmm. Like not only is she like dealing drugs in this club, but she's like, she very knows that Armando her. is like yeah. an adult who's mm-hmm. three times three times her age is what someone said at one point Mencina's age and but I did like the reveal because I was like holy shit is that Rebecca's mom I was like no way that's not Rebe's mom and then it was and I was like holy shit and them like joint blackmailing each other was funny to me like well if you tell her I'm a prostitute I'll tell her you're still a drug dealer (laughs) yes like poor Rebecca like (laughs) I know oh my gosh and then later when Mencia ends up like sort of trying to blackmail Armando, there's a lot of blackmail going on with Mencia this season. Yeah. Mencina uh, was definitely living in like a her own like rated R yes. movie. Yes, 100 percent Um, I only had two more things um about clothes. One of them is Onder <laughs> never wearing anything but Lacoste. Yep. Never. The only thing that touches that boy's body is green alligator apparel. <laughs> and then Mencia wearing 45 safety pins at all times um someone decided that wearing a lot of safety pens means you're edgy and then they never thought about it again I don't remember she was hugging someone maybe it was probably Rebecca but she had like a like a headband made of clips 
course you did. But like, you're like the old like beret clips that you would use to just like pop in okay. your head, but they were like fully like, <laughs> like a headband. Uh-huh. I just yeah. thought, what? Who did that to her? Why <laughs> did they do that to her? And also that had to have like kind of hurt. Mm-hmm. Unless they were like clipped onto a headband and then put on her head. But yeah, I do. She did wear a lot of like air quotes, edgy clothes, which it just meant. Avril Lavigne inspired. <laughs> a lot of them were just like ripped or not buttoned. And there were a lot of like berets, like a lot of clips, a lot of safety pins, a lot of safety pins. I think she was wearing like safety pin earrings. Yes. Yes. And I remember thinking those look like real safety pins. They probably hurt. (laughs) Mencina was an interesting addition this season. Yeah, I liked her a lot. She was what I wanted Marina in the season one to be. Yes. Like she had her like troubled youth period. Mm-hmm. and did all the bad shit but she seemed to like recognize enough that people were trying to help her mm-hmm. without like completely rebelling I also think Rebecca is just such a good foil for anybody like she's a really good scene partner and like I loved and made me laugh so hard how long she I mean it was only two episodes but like her little jabs at Sammy I thought were so funny like I love their banter and I liked it even more when they weren't talking mm-hmm. like, it was funny to me that was great but all right. Do you have any, that was your last one or are you, do you find any more? One. All right. So let's flip gears and go into heartbreak. Mm-hmm. This season was, I, I don't know if it's hard to say like heavier. Cause like no one died. Well, someone did die. No one we cared about died. Yeah. And, um, oh my gosh. I do have one more thing that made me laugh so hard. Okay. Guzman fireworked that man to death. Like he shot a firework into his back like a firework was the weapon <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> happens when guns aren't allowed in countries this is what they end up shooting it's like no way that guy's gonna die <laughs> or live like i was like that wasn't a firework i kept waiting for it to go off and like explode his body right yeah, I, guess, I, was thinking, I guess illegal shows a lot but not that I was like thinking though like the firework display that they did was so cool and lasted mm-hmm. so long yeah. and it was weird to me that the waiters and waitresses other than Omar and Ander or I'm sorry Omar and Samu like stood outside with those guns and were like shooting them off into the skies so like mm-hmm. we saw the murder weapon before Guzman mm-hmm. used it but still when he picked it up I was like oh it's just a gun because you know we're Americans yeah. and so naturally it's probably just a gun and then when it was a firework I could not stop laughing like I was like I think I texted you in all caps. He just fireworked yeah. someone to death. <laughs> like not supposed to be funny, but what the fuck? Very ridiculous. Very ridiculous. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, so to go into, I think like content wise, this season was really heavy because it did deal with like Mencina and Patrick. Like there was like a lot of like residual trauma from the other students from the like, you know, former Lost and Cena's kids. And then the Benjamins came in with some trauma. Prince Philip came in with some drama. So yeah. it was like a very heavy content season when you really pull back like all the other stuff. What was your heartbreak scene? Um, so mine, um, yeah, there, there's, I mean, there's a lot to choose from, yeah. um, but I went ahead and did like a combo of um, finding out that, the Benjamins blame Mencina for her mom's death, which is, seems like misplaced. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. but that's like not something you can ever talk your family out of once they've decided that you're the reason that mom died and then um and like also, put Patrick in a hospital bed for two years right yeah right exactly it wasn't yeah just that um and then also like the whole pimping out thing like it was like manageable for me for whatever reason when she was only sleeping with um Armando like fine whatever it seemed reason like she seemed fine with the situation so I was fine with it but as soon as he was like I've got a friend I was like this probably is not going to go very well and then like what actually ended up happening was like so traumatizing um Mm -hmm. like she literally needed to be rescued the fuck like um that was very sad and and then you're like oh right you're 15 16 whatever like this was so wrong yeah I think part of for me Armando was likable in the beginning like I texted you like I like Armando which is like just gross now to think about but he was likable at the beginning and I think that that it seemed like Mencina was really like truly making the choice to sleep with him whereas when she got like kind of pimped out to that other guy and then he was like um just so much less respectful like so demanding and like put like he treated her like property that I think that was when it was like yeah oh, this is like the least, like the less glamorous part of mm-hmm. right. what she's been doing. Cause like, I just kept waiting for Mencina to like give Samuel a call and be like, Hey, I'd love to like work at the lay club and like maybe like <laughs> share a bedroom with Omar since he's at Anders lot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just like kept waiting for her to make like a logical decision. And she was like, no prostitution. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stick with a 15 year old prostitute and live in a hotel. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. I My dad's know. not going to care that I'm not there insane yeah um what's yours so my heartbreak scene was when philip and katia were in the limo after she had like she like so his allegations about sexual abuse had come out to her and um i mean ari was like pretty bold with like how often she would like call him a predator and do all that stuff but like i had kind of fallen for some of his charms like i thought it was really cute when they were like doing that dress try on fashion show oh, and like I mean, yeah. their little like one <laughs> yeah like their little one episode romance when it was good was really sweet and so I think for her to like have that realization and like actually grow as a character and not just like have no morals like I've, in one scene Benjamin was like she's very loyal to ex-boyfriends you should have nothing to worry about like from what I've heard <laughs> yeah like she would be the perfect girl to date your like creditor of a son um And so when they were in the limo and he like showed his true colors and like actually started to assault her, um, just like the fear on her face and like even the fear on his, like, it was just so sad to see that like she was getting hurt by someone that she knew she shouldn't have trusted. Like she, and like she got out and not that it's not her fault at all, but like she didn't know how to trust her gut because she had just done so much to survive and to like fit in and to have money and that she perceived status above like her own mental health, her own relationships with her mom. And like, we had seen this, you know, she like literally dated a murderer and hit the murder weapon. Like we had seen Katya put other people above herself and in positions where she feels comfortable with. And so it was nice to see her stand up for herself. I'm just, it was so heartbreaking because you could tell she like didn't trust herself enough to tell him no. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like to not even get like to not even pursue a relationship with him at all. Once she found out he had been filming her and the other allegations and like, I don't know. And then the scene where she like just that whole, and then the fallout after that was so sad. And the, 
um um when she he like comes into the janitor's closet and to talk to her and she's like no I want this to be out in public and on camera like I don't want to be alone with you ever again mm-hmm. like it was just so heartbreaking that she had to get to that point but also I was so proud of her so yeah that was it and then my other heartbreak scene was um I'm gonna say her name but I know I'm gonna say it wrong because it's definitely a name that should only be pronounced in Spanish but Escusa, sure. whatever Anders mom oh yeah 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 Athena, Escusa, I don't know, was talking to Omar after they got back together and they were like smoking pot or whatever. <laughs> and she was like, what was different this time? And Omar was like, we're just in love. Like we're going to make it work. And she's like, you know, love's not enough. I thought I had that with my ex-husband and, you know, you have to have common goals and, and really like you need to want more from your other partner. And I know you have all of these plans, but like, does Ander, like, is he like, cause she does love both of those boys. Like she loves Omar, like a son. Um, so that was kind of heartbreaking. I also was like <laughs> the minus the most minuscule heartbreak I had was I was really bummed for her when she got like publicly fired at school. Like that was so embarrassing. That was brutal. And like really set the tone for Benjamin. That's going more into plots. So we can go into plots now, but that was probably, those were my like two little heartbreak scenes. Yeah. Um, so speaking of, so that was one of my best was the introduction of the characters. I thought it was really good how they all came in and kind of like attacked. Like it was like, they got a gate, like they got to watch the show and then come in and like know how to fuck with the right people and like yeah. what to do. My only like kind of negative to that was I thought the importance on staying at the school was too important, like too heightened. We didn't need them to all feel like they were going to get kicked out for some reason or another. It felt that unnecessary. Is, and right. Benjamin, like, it's already pretty dramatic that they're having to like assimilate all these people together. Mm-hmm. Well, and Benjamin was already enough of a villain just coming in and kicking out the principal because she had let, an, like there had been like two deaths at the school. Like there had been enough cause, right? For them to get a new principal and like, yeah. kind of like in sex education, right? Like the sex school earned its reputation for well, a reason. Yeah. And like, Principal Groff needed to go, but did it need to be replaced with someone that bad? No. So like, I felt like this show didn't need to like, go so overkill on Benjamin because then he didn't end up really being that bad. Yeah. Like he pushed Samu to be a better person. He like, like yeah, I don't think that he ended up being a villain. Fine. Yeah. And like, he tried to move things forward and then see, like, I actually thought Benjamin ended up being way better. You know what I mean? Like he was like surprisingly a good principal. So I just felt like the introduction was great. It was overkill on the like, okay, we're gonna kick out Samo and Omar. Okay, that episode's done. Now we're gonna kick out anybody who's ever done anything criminal. Okay, rep, like it was just like, okay, let's stop threatening to kick kids out of school when the plot of the show is these kids in school. So much so that you had Ander and Omar or Ander punch one person and Guzman punch one person, and they had to repeat an entire school year. So let's stop threatening to kick people out. Right. Like, please. Like, there's gotta be other like dramatic elements we can add to this other than that yeah like your daughter's a prostitute maybe like go home instead of worrying about like this this like about like I I did like that Patrick was like I did like that Omar cheated because of Patrick and there was zero repercussions zero fallout and they were just like he got a 97 he's like he didn't like say how I had to take the test Oh, and like yeah, the plot just like for that. ended yeah, like Patrick never felt like it was just over oh my god but really yeah okay over to you um so speaking of omar actually um and i actually sort of 
I guess some of these are things that I specifically did not like. Okay, so I guess I'm neutral about this plot, yeah. but it dominated the entire season. Um, the Omar Ander Patrick Love Triangle. Mm -hmm, obviously mm -hmm. like elite notoriously over relies on love triangles as like the backbone of mm -hmm. <laughs> like creating drama um but I don't even really understand how much of their triangle hookups were ever even like consensual sometimes I was like what is happening right now like particularly when on um Omar decided to like hook Have up sex with yeah was there a pool table involved? Yeah, like it was like at that ball. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was like, wait, <laughs> mm, this is turning a different color than it should be. <laughs> like, I don't know what's going on here. And again, there was no fallout from it ever, right? Like, there was never any of this. Like, right. Well, Andrew moment. just broke up with Omar because he was like, I didn't know. Right, but it, but like Patrick was never like. I felt taken advantage of like yada, no, yada. yeah we never went there but I was like this doesn't seem totally like everyone was consenting to what's going on um it just like made it just gave it weird energy right like that's mm -hmm. not trying to be a consent place over here but it just like gave everything a really weird vibe um well I think because there was also such like blurry lines of like where the character stood like when Omar and Ander were dating like when their relationship was open when like because then I think like the, it just went on. You're right. It touched all eight episodes. Like it was yeah. like a start to finish like series B plot, season four B plot. Like, they never, Andre and um, Omar never really acted like their relationship has ever been open in any real way. Right. Right. Well, and they had like. like they ever said it was, it like one of them was always upset that the other one was sleeping with so-and-so like. Well, and like they went so far as for Andrew to lie and say he cheated on. Omar so that Omar would break up with him when he had cancer so it was weird that they as teens who've only been dating for at most at most three years which we know that's not true like probably a year and a half for them to already be like bored of their relationship like wanting more interesting thing when you're 17 years old um well that's how we started off the relationship with Carla and um... <laughs> but Carla and Polo had been dating for okay. But they had been dating since like fifth grade or whatever. I just thought it got tired really fast. And then it it, it was like kind of fun at the beginning. Like it yeah. was like, ooh, like this is something new, whatever. And then by like episode three, you're like, oh, I feel legitimately bad for everyone involved except Andrew, who is a piece of shit, who yeah. is the most selfish character I've ever seen on television. Mm -hmm. And then Patrick yeah. and Omar were left to kind of just like pick up the wreckage from Andrew just like hooking up with one of them and then telling the other one or like, I yeah. felt especially bad for Patrick when him and Omar broke up and Patrick thought they were going to be together and they like went to that club and then he like catches Andrew with someone else and he was like what the fuck like yeah. I, like I thought you liked me like it was just too it was too much by episode four I was once again hating Omar and Anders plot the most like of anybody's I was like it just it just somehow felt like nothing ever changes with them they never learn well, and then like when they got There's back no together, answer, like it just, when they got back together at the end and Ander stayed, like, I just think something that's, I've had a hard time with throughout the entire four seasons of the show is by action and acting. It is obvious to me that Omar likes Ander more than Ander likes Omar. 
But in terms of what is said, Andra's always doing the big gestures and saying the big things. And so it's like, nothing ever matches up. So whenever he was like, I'm going to stay for Omar again, I'm like, why you literally just like, even if you love him and you don't want to hurt him, right? Like you have love for him. You don't want to be with him because you wanted to be with Patrick. So just like go on your fucking hiking trip, like leave. Like it was just, it was fun at the beginning and lost. It's like charm so early. Yeah, I agree. I think because Patrick and Omar had that like connection. I started to like them when they had that, like, also like Andre just like taking the drug, like forcing Omar to go to that club and then taking the drugs and being like, well, if you're not going to take drugs, like you can leave whatever, but then Patrick yeah, taking too many. Like, Google search what GHB does to you. Yeah. What is it? It's like, um, it's it, like a root. <laughs> I thought it was like Molly or something. Uh, yeah. It's like, I think it's hallucinogenic. Let me look it up really quick. I looked it up again because when, because Omar was like, I don't want to take that stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. It's the date rape drug. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. Maybe it was a routine. I just felt like this season, there was a lot of like romanticizing Onder for being like extremely selfish and yeah, like, like common, like rave drug. Cause it, I think it's a little bit like, Mo- um, I thought it was kind of like Molly or like, Molly. Ex- yeah. yeah. I don't know anything about drugs, <laughs> I know, but okay. Sorry. We can move on from that circle of like, whatever. I just, liked them so much in season one I think it bled into season two and three and then like by now I'm just like okay so Andre doesn't really Andre loves Omar but doesn't really show it Omar gives him sad puppy dog dog eyes all the time and like the relationship just keeps moving on like nothing changes if nothing changes they're just going to keep loving each other hurting each other fighting with each other coming Uh back to each other saying they love each other hurting each other like it just I did note that at some point it occurred to me how weird it is that like Ander is like sort of falling in love with Patrick, whose dad did that horrible, embarrassing firing of his mom. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. I also thought it was interesting. I had this thought um, once him and Omar broke up, but like, I'm pretty sure, and maybe I'm, maybe I am wrong, but I'm pretty sure that when Ander came out, he came out as bisexual and they've never put, they never put him in a relationship with a woman, which is like, fine. I don't really care. It was just interesting to me that they made him such a selfish, like piece of shit that he didn't eventually like try to hook up with someone else. Like other than those two guys, like he just kept like ping ponging back and forth. And so I thought they were going to have him like drunkenly hook up with some like Mincy or so, you know what I mean? Like someone else. Uh-huh. because he is bisexual but instead they just had him keep you know like hurting omar over and over again yeah oh, God. um i don't know if it's your turn or my turn because that went on a tangent for me <laughs> i loved the deba- debate team plot like i thought it was so fun um i was shocked that ari used the nano thing but also like in a way that made me like okay yeah like this is good mm-hmm. But I don't remember Samu being like well spoken. <laughs> okay, I wrote that down. I said, while did they waited until season four to give Samu any academic skill? Yeah, like, I, like it was so weird to me that they were like, you could be a lawyer. I was like, huh? Can he? I, I just felt like it came out of left field. I know, but I liked it. And I don't understand. Of two. I was like, I, was gonna say, I, I don't understand why it was just him and Ari, and also why they needed so many dinners together, like family dinners. Mm-hmm. Um, but it made me understand a little bit more why Samu had a crush on Ari because he was spending time with her. Mm-hmm. 
it was just a very smart plot and I'm surprised it's the first school related function they brought in other than like swimming yeah I know I agree I thought and like was... <laughs> Anders tennis <laughs> sad boy tennis player <laughs> boy tennis player yet another one yeah um so it's your turn the Cartier Prince sex tape I enjoyed that plot I thought it was a good use of all the stuff mm-hmm. um it was nice to get some like glitz and glam from the prince mm-hmm. and also that he like I mean like you said yeah their one episode relationship like he fell from grace like really quick um and I was like honestly surprised how quickly she found out because like I feel like they had the audience find out like pretty quickly and then yeah, like a scene like it was like a scene before she found like we saw the camera and then the next episode she was like getting ready on the bed and saw the camera yeah or something like that like it was definitely the same episode and I was like wow okay great like we didn't have to harbor that um thing um but and you, you know like I and when she broke up with him like again I was like wow like hard to believe but like good for you like mm-hmm. he's learning um and also just like generally um laughed at the fact that they they were on their own plot like the entire time like they were (laughs) on like a plot island (laughs) yeah they definitely were on their own tv show yeah like like they were having short stories like maybe i I don't know um it was weird to be the random one episode where they had the prince try to get everybody tickets and he like asked patrick to go to dinner and then patrick didn't show up but he was like y'all are bad friends i was like you haven't exactly spent time with him either you know the whole thing was so bizarre um but and and like good for the writers for writing in like a modern day videotaping consent plot because I feel like that was like very tropey a couple of years ago like when all the sex tape stuff was happening and this was like not even in a public way it was like the whole thing was very private right like it's not like it got posted to like TMZ or anything like that it just like existed and Katya was like no this is fucking weird like this shouldn't exist like I don't this is not okay and, and she like never budged an inch on it and it all it felt very like contemporary to me like in yeah. a good way. it felt realistic and like g- more grounded than like any plot that they've ever done <laughs> I liked it because you or I did at least like the audience wasn't exactly sure if if he was a bad guy or if he was protecting himself like I did think that that was like a very smart like in light of everything that's happening right like Mm -hmm. that he would protect himself given his status and all that stuff but then also what he was such an unknown like yeah yeah and like I do think like the Aziz and Zari thing right like there have been one I mean I don't know like I do see the the like the celebrity and public facing people to be in a place where they are overly concerned with consent Mm -hmm. but overly concerned with making sure that this will not backfire on them right but then for him to actually be who Katya like who he was was even more of a twist on the audience in like a smart way because I kept being like, I like him. Should I, you know what I mean? Like I thought the development and that was my next point was like the development of these characters this season, but specifically Katya, Philip, and Armando was so smart and like slow and like Armando like steadily over time, like got creepier and eventually showed up at 
their house and then eventually like threatened her, right? But it was like an eight, eight episode character arc. Like he yeah. didn't play it creepy the whole time. Yeah. And same with like Philip, right? Like his was an episode, eight episode arc where it was like, I was never sure if Ari was being a bitch or if she was being truthful because we hadn't seen anything. Yeah. Like he truly did come in as an unknown, right? Like the only yeah. person who knew about him was Katya. Yeah. I mean, like she gave us the audience the 401 right. on it. Yeah. So I just thought it was so interesting. And then for him to like end the season calling someone and saying like, I'm sorry, I abused, like, here's your proof that I assaulted you was like so much development that like, I don't know what, where you go from there, but I just thought the way they wrote the, specifically those two characters was really strong. And like, I think they probably could have done a little bit more for like Ari, but like Mencina had a pretty strong plot. Like a lot of people got good story this season for their characters, whether or not the actual scenes (laughs) played them out. Yeah, I agree. Right next. Um, so aside from care development, but there's just a little note. I loved all the fancy parties and clubs they did this season. Yeah. Like it was either like the outfits were either like so cool or just like or terrible. Like there was really no in between. And then it was nice that it was either school or club party, really. Like those were the yeah. two main things. Um also just being, I've never been to Spain, right? Like we it's like such a fun way to see another culture. Mm -hmm. aside you know like all we knew before was that dark scene like it was just nice to get a new club too like the lake club or whatever and like on the river and it being so light and bright because the other one was like so dark and like sultry yes so I I really enjoyed that and then just the fashions like we said earlier were so cool um although we have talked about how we can't tell their houses apart no can't tell their houses apart you can't no no I can't either um, I can tell I, Samu's apart. I wouldn't write Samu's. Samu's <laughs> All the other ones are just glass boxes. Glass boxes. I wouldn't even have known that Rebby and her mom moved if it wasn't like the entire plot of that short story. Oh my gosh, I just remembered that. Yeah, no, I completely forgot. And because like, they lived in <laughs> Guzman's season one house. Yes, because they moved. I mean, that added to everyone's confusion. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and she made that amazing joke about how well, the house wasn't really hers, Dolly. It was more his family style. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but like, I couldn't tell like the Benjamins, mm-hmm. which like also that's confusing. Yep. They call them the Benjamins, their last name's Blanco. I don't know why we call them the Benjamins. Um, but that looked like the season one house. And the only reason why I don't think it's Guzman season one house is because there wasn't a pool in the behind the dining room. Right. Because no one had sex in that public pool area. <laughs> They really took the public sex to a new extreme this year. I, it's amazing that they find new heights for it, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, okay, your turn. So the um, back to our boys' love triangle. The oh. live stream um, confrontation was everything. Yeah. Um, and I, it, it honestly that could have been even a like heartbreak moment because. Um, it like was sort of actually sad for everybody at the end you know what I mean where it was like okay like he really loves Omar this much and so like it's sad that like because at that point we knew that they were either already broken up or like not gonna get back together or like whatever there was something kind of final feeling about them but also like Patrick had no chance 
Well, it was sad. Yeah, it was sad. Patrick thinking he was going to go in to like get all this dirt and like put Andrew in the bad light so Omar and him could like. I could never tell if the goal was for Omar and Patrick today. Like, I could never tell what the like goal was with them. But yeah, like every single person got heartbroken in that scene. And also, it was very well done. Yeah. Like the execution was great. Yeah, it was great. And like the things that Andrew said were like super thoughtful. And again, this is where Andre is just like a fucking roller coaster where it's like, he, he like, it's not, he's not a gaslighter, but it feels that way a little bit where it's like, he treats you like shit. And then behind your back, he'll be like, I love him so much. He's my everything. I could never imagine a life without him. And then to his face, he's like, I think we should open our relationship up for Patrick, but mainly because I'm attracted to Patrick. I know you're not, mm-hmm. but I'm going to sneak out when you tell me not to and go see him. Like, it's just so frustrating. but that scene was great yeah yeah. and also I just kept thinking it was going to backfire and it the way it backfired caught me off like I expected it to backfire by under finding out or saying something like extremely hurtful yeah but just being honest like somehow was more surprising yeah no like the gotcha was totally different um I loved Philip's mom coming into town and being like insane and Katya putting her in her place. Like I loved every scene those two women had together. I loved her being like, it's not, it's not in a a boy's nature to be predatory. You've raised him this way. Like it is on you, not his genetics. Like I was like way to go Katya. I just didn't expect it from her. I would have expected it from any other female on that show, but her, because we've seen her just cage her to whatever a man wants her to do and so it it was also just so nice to see her go like head to head with like an adult and like take them on because you know now she's like the janitor and like isn't a student um I guess the most adult of them technically yeah I have two more what do you have Mm. I have Two more plus three ones that I hated. Oh, I have like seven worse and nine wild. So I've got some more. Um, Just kidding. I have three wild and a few worst. But do you want to go with your next good then? And we'll go. Um, yeah, okay. I guess some of these are just like kind of throwaway comments. Okay. Um, just noting that Mincia became a real hooker. <laughs> I don't know if that was clear yet guys on the pod but like her her willingness to just didn't really think twice about it didn't miss a beat when when Armando's like so and I'm like girl you don't need the money like no I know also when Benjamin offered for her to move home and have Rebe come and stay with her and she's like no I would never do that and Rebecca was like well maybe like we should go now like like, I was like okay at least there like I hope Benjamin sees that Rebe is like a good person like she's not she's not the reason your daughter is pushing you away like it has nothing to do with Rebecca like it genuinely didn't no truly like she totally just got caught in the crossfire there yeah but Um, she got blamed because her dumb mom who's mean my mom's the worst um well not worse than Sammy's mom but yeah she, <laughs> she was there I mean selling cocaine but she was there Basically there um uh I still don't really understand how you can just dip out in the middle of the school semester that's for Guzman and Ander um but my one is is that I'm glad they left like I'm glad both of them like moved on them, we'd run yeah. out of story um yeah definitely um and then just a silver lining um for these kids and their trauma is that they would they as like a career move they would all make great hitmen because they have so much experience with murder 
and covering up murder, which is my last good point. Which and I covering up murders. I loved the conversation with Samu Guzman and Rebe. I like felt so like gypped that we did get more scenes with the three of them because it was so I agree. it was just one scene but it was so great when they were talking about what happened and covering up the murder and like not telling anybody yes and there was one like piece of dialogue when Guzman is like going through what happened with Armando and like telling them everything and he's like I sh- should I just we should just call the police and I'll just confess and say what happens and Samu was like no like that would not be good like you don't need to go to prison for this like you were defending yourself and like, I've seen what happens to people, like when they go to prison, like think of my brother and Guzman was like, yeah, but Nana was innocent. I was like, holy shit. Like one, yes, Nana was innocent. Like, and then Guzman is finally acknowledging that like Samu was just doing, like, it felt like, it felt like a huge exhale for like two seasons of not really be, three seasons of not really being sure if that friendship was real because he hated Guzman hated him so much for thinking that he was the reason that Marina died and all that stuff. So it just was like a very powerful line that stuck with me. Yeah. It was like weirdly affirming and something that we yeah. were expecting. Well, and it was also like, I think Guzman's took like blamed so much of the anger on Nano. And I think even whenever he found out it was Polo, he still had a really hard time coming to terms with the fact that his friend did that. And that like Polo is one of his best friends and then Polo died. So like he's still processing Mar- Marina in a way that like was so subtle throughout the season. So I think even in saying that, um, it was just, yeah, like you said, like affirming to us, the audience and to Samu, like he knows, <laughs> like he knows your brother was innocent. And like to go into the comment that just like came into my brain that I wanted to acknowledge. So when Guzman say it's so fucking weird, it's so fucking weird. Maybe you think it's less weird. I don't know. So to, to give everybody a little memory refresh, season one, Marina's sleeping with Samu. Then she meets Nano, his brother, and then starts sleeping with Nano, breaks up with Samu and gets pregnant with Nano's baby, then gets murdered. That's her plot in season one. Remember these episodes? It's only eight episodes. Eight episodes. <laughs> so that all happens in season one. Guzman in season four is getting ready to leave and he gives Samu a hug and says, you would have made a great brother-in-law. What? Like, what? What? Like, one. I don't understand. What a weird thing to say goodbye to your friend when your sister's dead. Two, what a weird thing to say to your friend when your sister died pregnant with his brother's baby. Like At this point, several years ago. I just thought it was such a weird final. It's not a thing that they bring up, at least like in dialogue with us. No, like it was so, it was so weird. It caught me so off guard. It like broke the kind of sadness of that moment. I also, the last thing I'll say, and then I'll switch back over to you for worst was whenever he was like walking over. So they like cut from the party scene or they cut from, oh, they cut from him breaking up, I guess air quotes, breaking up with Ari being like, I saw you texted Samu, like just, we're not going to be together basically. Guzman and then you see Guzman like the scene cuts and it opens with him walking across a hill with like a backpack on and I was like oh he's gone backpacking and then it obviously pans to the people saying goodbye to him I was like oh my god he's in Schmigadoon like the way it was (laughs) lit was like so character like and so bright and so not like the rest of the show is like the grass looked fake like it was so (laughs) everything was so green and like it was so bright that I was like is this Spain like Spanish Schmigadoon God. Do you know what I'm talking about though? When he, he like comes over the hill, Megadoon. Can you even fucking <laughs> imagine? 
maybe they're the two characters who get stuck trying to find true love. Okay, I was literally sitting here thinking, how are they going to stretch this show out without doing a time jump like Riverdale did? That's our answer. The entire season <laughs> five, they're going to be trapped in Schmigadoon. <laughs> so it's going to be like a time. <laughs> like Spanish Schmigadoon, so it's like flamenco dancers and shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so let's go into worst because while this show is a lot of things, Trainwreck is definitely at the top of the list. Uh. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure some of them we've already touched on, but yeah, for sure. Um, so again, I I didn't correctly color my notes, but yeah, the Omar Ander Patrick Love Triangle hated it most of the time. Um, My number one too on my worst. (laughs) And then I was also very annoyed that Simon like Guzman to me in a lot of ways seemed to regress this season um which honestly maybe that is like somewhat realistic since he got held back for basically no fucking reason um I probably would have been acting less than my age as well because I was being treated like a child so like I get it like but also it's tv can we not write him to be like a little bit smarter (laughs) um a little bit more mature please um him regressing particularly with Samu was super frustrating like I was like, stop taking shit out on him. Why are you guys having the same stupid little petty, like- They kept taking jabs at each other, like every other, when he was like- As if it's season two. I was like, what is this? I know, I was like, I thought we were friends. I thought we'd move on. And also like, you can't, you can't say something mean and then apologize. Like at some point your apology means nothing. Correct. Right, it's like, you should be friends. You shouldn't be doing random jabs. And like, Samu didn't really do that many to him he did start sleeping with his girlfriend but but yeah he was so insecure about the potential of Ari picking Samu that I don't even think he took into account if he liked Ari like I think he just didn't want to lose Ari for sure there's that also like yeah I was very frustrated even pitting the two of them together against her which was not Guzman's fault but whoever decided this plot should exist also, I did not appreciate that. I was like, we don't, why? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's my third thing is the Guzman, Samu, Ari love triangle. I never really understood how we were supposed to feel about it. I don't think they ever really understood who was feeling what, when. Um, like, I don't really think she liked either of them, to be totally honest, ever. Um, well, it, it was, just, it was, was weird. So one of my, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I I also think it was weird that like for a show that hinders so much on the sex and relationships part of like, that's right. Like that's like the shock factor, right. Is all of this stuff. I could never tell who like to win. Like when she hooked up with Samuel, I was like, okay, so she likes Samuel. And then the next episode, she's like, I'm going to date Guzman. And I was like, did you like Guzman? Like, it was so weird. It was so weird. And like, my like next worst is like what was the point of Nadia this season like what was the point of having her on those two episodes on FaceTime what was the point of giving us a short story like it just felt very unnecessary especially when they had so much story to spend time because it would have been a natural breakup for them to end in season three she moved to the states she moved on she picked her future over this Guzman right like she did all the stuff and then even if they would have broken up in their short story, kind of like what Carla and Samu did, where it was like, this was great. 
it was rare. It was, I was there. I remember it all too well, right? Like give us a Taylor moment and then just like walk out the door. But no, we have to have her on for two episodes just to be like a nagging girlfriend that Guzman's like a good guy for air quotes and then break up with her. So he can, I mean, it was just so fucking unnecessary. It was really frustrating. It was almost as if like- Especially because that was a couple we rooted for and like fought for and like, it took them so long to get together. Like so long. I think they have four happy episodes, like four. I I would be surprised to even know that there was four, honestly. Um, that we got more of him and Ari is just infuriating. Yeah, it's the kind of, and I think I said this maybe in our episode about season three um, or the short story one where it's like, I wish that, like, hmm, if they let me be in charge of Guzman's plot in season four, like, I really wish that we would have gotten, like, left Guzman and Nadia alone, like, fine, like, let them be long distance, but in no way, we didn't even need to see her, just, like, a couple comments here and there, like, oh, like, him, like, you know, a scene starts, and he's just getting off the phone, and he's, like, oh, Nadia says hi, like, whatever, just, like, touch Mm -hmm, points to know mm -hmm. that she's still around, but, like, his main plot isn't just chasing some girl, right all his plot ever is like I would have loved to see him like maybe be like a little mentor to Patrick or like take some sort of like after school volunteering job or like a tutoring job where there's like I don't know some dogs or a kid involved and like he's having to be kind of responsible or like expanding his like social group or figuring out what the fuck he's gonna do with his life because now he's like a year behind like there was just like no personal development with him and it still again revolved around some girl which like they could have done something with like swimming like they had him swim in that first episode and be so great and I wanted it to be like it's because I'm a year older than you it's because I am should be a college freshman that's why I'm good at swimming that's why I'm faster than you it's because I'm a year older than you or like you know maybe he wants to write a book about his experience you just give something else that is not just I even think there could have been a possibility for like a him and Katya team up for like the fashion thing right like he like helps with a bit like I don't know there the possibilities were endless for he someone who launch an app like if we're yeah. like contemporary like let's because that and they even like paved the ground for like that kind of thing with Carla's like mogul boyfriend in the last season mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like, can't remember <laughs> the hell was um, his name like started with a y he was so boring. Mm-hmm. Yaris, Yari, Yaris. Um, that was one of my things was just the lack of yeah. consistency with Goose with Samuel and Guzman's friendship, the lack of consistency yeah. with, with Guzman. It just seemed like repeating old tropes that they've created for that character for absolutely no reason. Like, like, like honest to God, why keep him around? Well, and what was the point of doing three seasons of legwork to make him a good character? Like whenever I started doing my notes for today's episode, he was my favorite character from seasons one through three. Yes. And like my favorite relationship was Omar and Ander. The fact that they undid all of that in season four is insane. It's very frustrating. Like not even close with those. You know what I mean? Like it's so weird. Yes. They also like, I mean, they managed to not, I feel like do any pluses or minuses to Samu. I guess, always had a soft spot for Samu, but I do think I'm in the minority there. Same, but he, but he had other friends, you know what I mean? Like yeah. Samu had rabbit, like, whereas I think Guzman was either with Ari or with Samu. Like yeah. he didn't really like, 
I don't know, like he could have had a friendship outside of, and like he was sort of friends with Ander, but like. Like he could have been the Chuck Bass and instead they made him the Nate. Yeah. In, yeah. in terms of like zero growth and like kind of borderline <laughs> dead weight to the plot of the show. But like a Nate with like a Dan rising. Like he yeah. definitely did things to just be a dick and like stir the plot and like get All things time. moving. But like for most of the show, like Guzman was just like in the corner being like, oh, Samu, do you want me to take you home or do you have your bike? Because you're poor and don't have a car. I was like, what? Like, <laughs> like shut up. Like, right. It's like, why is your only friend your punching bag? Yeah, like it felt, it's funny. So I've been watching, Um, it feels very, and this will like tap into like three of our audience members, but on the Hills, I don't know if you, did you ever watch the Hills? Brody's friend Frankie's on the show and every time Brody's just like so mean to Frankie for no reason and it's like that's your own like that's your friend like why are you like oh why is Frankie here that's how it felt to me very like yeah I don't know very um I just felt like we had done so much to get them in a good place no um my next thing was about um some things I've already said but I'll just like say quickly which was the I thought the will they stay was super unnecessary Benjamin was fine I liked him fine Andre's truly the most selfish character I've ever seen on television. And I'm like, totally fine if I never see him again. And for Guzman to have three seasons of growth to then just settle for Ari felt very unlike his character based on who he loved. Like Nadia would have never totally like, it just felt very, because even when Ari, like I I thought it was funny, but the way Ari like talked down to Katya and like dress her down was so Lou like that it just seemed like, Guzman had already dated the mean girl. And like, why was he doing it again? And it seemed like he hated it the first time. Not to be Yeah, like, yeah. Like he so quickly time. left her for Nadia. Um, I have one more and then I have my like truly wild. Do you have any more bad? No, I'm 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 done. Okay. So this is more of just like a I don't really know what it meant. So but I I talked to you about on the phone about it. So in one of the fast forwards, I think it was like the episode three, like present day with the cop interviewing them. And he interviews Ander and Ander says that Benjamins are like the cancer and they destroy everything they touch. Mm-hmm. I don't really understand why he said that considering at that point in the fast forward, him and Omar would have been back together and like happy and better than ever. Okay. And I also, thought about this. Yeah. And also he led Patrick on like Ander was yeah. the like he was the chaos agent in that like I don't understand what the Benjamins were in for Ander specifically like so he was the least he was the least affected by all of their drama I noticed this yeah I actually noticed that too when this was happening first of all I was like I have never been less interested in the flash forwards than I was this season like I couldn't give a shit about the flash forwards I was glad that she was alive because I was like they just cannot kill off another person and I was like interested because she wasn't they didn't start planting seeds of how someone could kill her the same way they did with marina and Mm -hmm. with polo where it was like oh that person's obviously going to die it could be any of them it felt a little bit more like that person we know for sure is attacked and it could be none of them like i was like i don't really know who it could be so it's not right yeah we we didn't have enough facts um but it just felt like yeah those fast forwards weren't great and the one with andre specifically and like patrick when he like punched the window i was like why are you upset? You were hooking up with some random person. Like, no, I, just, I, like, I completely agree. I actually thought, and I don't know if the, the time Anders said it was the only time I noticed it, or if it happened again, where I thought about it and like, 
afterwards, you know, like realizing what the timeline was for everything and thinking like that didn't make any sense for it made sense for the flashback, but right. it didn't make any sense for what would have been happening in real time. Um, for him to come in so hot like that and call them cancer. Although I do think that like for the point of that episode, it was like Patrick had come in and like kind of had made things complicated for Ander and Omar, but like it was totally Ander's fault. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and also, <laughs> also, um, the, <laughs> he had the least scenes with Ari. Yes. Like he never talked to her. Yeah. And like had almost nothing to do with, um, Mencina. Yeah. It was just so weird that he was like, they're like a cancer running everything they touch. But I'm like, well, you were the cancer bud. Like you were the one. Right doing all of this like nobody actually got kicked out of school like it I don't know it was like for for the other characters arguably Rebe's in a better place like yes it was hard to get there but she's happier with Mencina and like if anything the Benjamins had the worst time oh for sure so I just thought that was a really weird thing to say especially because once you see the whole thing like he led Patrick on so much Absolutely. All right. Truly wild. Okay. I cannot believe <laughs> that Patrick gave Andrew a hand job in class while his dad was teaching. That took the yep. public places to truly a next level. The mm-hmm. fact that Samu saw them was yep. insane. The mm-hmm. fact that they were like not embarrassed or cared or anything when Samu was like, you should probably like fix your pants. And also that he had broken up with Omar like the day before. Like, I was just, like, truly, like, jaw on the floor. I was like, what are they doing? So much. This is in class, and you don't even have, like, desks. Like, they're just tables. Like, you can see straight under it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really need to say this one again, but Messina accidentally ended up like, as a prom student. It's yeah. just, like, fucking wild when you think about it. Like, truly wild. Um, and this one's more of, like, wild and, a, like, I cannot believe they didn't address this way. So, like, the theme from this season, I would say, is, like, it what is consensual sex right Mm -hmm. like the the topic of consensual sex had to have been brought up because like you said um the like sex tape and then um Mencina being a prostitute and like feeling like she was it was more consensual with Armando than the other guy and then all of the boys like the Patrick Omar Anderson's where it seemed like only one person was like really really pursuing it like and the Mm -hmm. other person was like this is happening Mm -hmm. okay It is so weird to me that they had Ari have sex with Samu, blackout drunk, and like address that she was drunk and then like never talk about it again. Like that was so weird that anytime Ari was like overly sexual, they were like, you've had too much to drink. Like that she had to be so drunk. Like I just felt so uncomfortable. They were really setting that up to be something. For how, how out of it. And then like when she woke up the next morning and she was like embarrassed and like wouldn't talk to Sam about it and like left, I was like, this was gross, especially because Prince felt like Philip has all of those accusations. Wow. Armando is like, regardless of, regardless of anything, he's still having sex with someone who's underage. Mm-hmm. And then Patrick said like, it's harder for people to say no to me. Like I make their life harder when they say no. Like it's easier for you just to say yes to me. Like that was his come on to and Andrew in the first episode. So I just wish they would have, because Samu did, like, 
I think the boys like Samuel and Guzman both were like, you're too drunk. We shouldn't do this. You're too drunk. And she was like, no, no, no. Like then I'm taking advantage of you. Like it just was so weird and felt like tone deaf based on not only the like world and culture of where we are in 2021, but also the world, like where we are in the show and like what we're dealing with in the show. Right. I totally agree. Which I guess has been a lot of older men having sex with young, like, I don't know. It's like arguably nano (laughs) should not have been sleeping with Marina. Yeah. But okay. Those are my truly wild. Yeah. That, that was, that was really interesting. And it is so weird. Anytime a show like this has a plot that gets started and then like just falls off because there's only eight episodes. Mm -hmm. Like, could you not have pared down anything else to fit all the plots you did put in here and yeah like, like let's cut out those scenes of like, like Benjamin you're threatening to kill. we are having to fill 24 episodes yeah, yeah. like you don't have an excuse here well or make it so that Ari like I mean, Ozark it's... has or not Ozark um Alder Banks has two plots ever I know and it's just fine but they're like gold and seven foot crosses. Um, They're equally ridiculous. (laughs) I just wish they would have had Ari also have like a healthier relationship with alcohol because she was either not drinking or blacking out. Like it was so, where the rest of the cast wasn't drunk. Like it was so weird to me that she was only ever only the only one drunk if she drank and then she wouldn't drink. Like it was either she was drinking or she wasn't drinking at all. Like it was so. It was not, it was gross. It was gross, especially because the only time aside from that like sex montage that we talked about earlier that was really well shot that she had sex was when she had been drinking mm-hmm. which plays into your theory that she didn't really like either one of those boys yeah they and i i definitely thought her character was going to be more uh-huh. being like kind of fading a little bit from yeah they they really did shove Carla, Lou, and Nadia into one person. They were like, okay, she's going to care about her family and not drink and be too involved and be good at school and like have she's like she's going to have all of their issues and she's going to be rich. So watch out. Exactly. But all right, do you want to take a quick break and then we'll come back with our stats and single best scene? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> And we're back. So weird. You always say that. So that was, I was like, what does she usually say? Um, nailed it. <laughs> did I nail it? Yep. All right. So let's take it away with your stats, character, relationship, and your favorite episode. My favorite character is Rebe, as always. My favorite relationship was Rebe and Mencina. And my favorite episode was the finale, episode eight. What, what about you? So my favorite character was also Rebe. I didn't really have a favorite relationship this season. Like if I had to pick a favorite romantic relationship, it would for sure be Rebe and Mencina. But I will say I did, I guess like in a platonic relationship, I loved Samu and Rebe this season because there was, it was like back to their old friendship ways. And like, I liked that he, like when she stayed, I actually thought it was really cute when they stayed on their couch and Samu like woke them up, uh, Rebe and Mencina did. And he was like, you should have stayed in the bed. Like I tried to do that. And she's like, no, like, I don't know. I I really thought their friendship got to be like brother and sisterly by the end of it and I was glad he had another family member right 
which brother and sister is how their friendship always should have been. Yes. But I mean, I do think that like, the, end, it's fine. the payoff, I was glad that they fought with each other at the beginning of this season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, it, I never believed that she liked him. I think she was just more embarrassed that she got rejected. Um, because yeah, Rebe had the best thing. And then I would say also if for ca- favorite character, I did also really like Katya this season. Mm-hmm. Um, she just didn't feel like a real character. Cause like you kind of pointed out, which I didn't think about it at all was like her and Philip were like on their own show, yep. like completely <laughs> like on a different, like they were on like the Prince and the Paw for like reality <laughs> spinoff that like they were watching. It was like an insecure, like finding Latoya yes. or like the <laughs> North or whatever. It felt like that. They just forgot to like cut to the camp, like cut to the they TV. They were the show and show. Yeah. yeah. They, just they felt inside a TV. <laughs> they felt very show and show. Um, and then my favorite episode is episode five reinterrogation, which is the debate episode. Oh yeah. That's a good one. All right, so so this season had a lot of scenes, but it can only have one single best for you. Yes. Uh, what is it? Oh, might sound familiar. <laughs> My <laughs> single best scene is um, the dinner with Guzman and the Benjamins where he sort of rips the Benjamin father a new one and um, has this like... Um, big metaphoric talk with him stemming from the trauma of his sister being pushed to the edge and then getting murdered mm-hmm. <laughs> um and sort of like all the drama around that and it's definitely like if Guzman the actor never comes back like which who knows in this world but maybe not he might never come back um he definitely like this was quite the scene to have like under his belt of like his final season um if it is that because I thought it was his single best scene of his entire elite experience um Mm -hmm. and yeah but but I do believe also I was gonna say it is also my single best scene because because fill in fill in the gaps yeah and I I will agree that like it was this actor's like kind of shining moment because he goes through so many different emotions and manages to like to like um talk to an adult in a way that doesn't feel preachy or condescending like he yeah he's really speaking from a place of love of someone who misses his sister and I think one thing that has been consistent with Guzman is that he did really genuinely love Marina and like I think regrets a lot of their fights and regrets the ways that he was like kind of like tough love on her and so the the analogy I like that he started out being like you need to like let her have more freedom and Benjamin was like no like are you really gonna sit here and give me parenting advice like you're basically also I thought it was so weird that Guzman was like I'm going to take y'all for dinner and like pay for it. Like that was really weird. totally fine or whatever. But then him saying, you know, if you, if you're in a pool and Messina's drowning in the pool and you jump in and she's fighting you, you're going to eventually, like, she's going to go down and you might go down with her. And now if you teach her how to swim or you throw her a lifeboat, she has a better chance of survival. And it, the way he, I just remember thinking like, holy shit, that's my single best scene. Like there's no yeah. way. And that was like, um, episode six. So it was still pretty early and we still didn't know what happened with Ari. I just thought there's no way anything will top this because this is actually the best writing the show has had. Yes. Like that's also like a very good analogy for the argument of like giving your children a little bit more freedom, especially if they're already rebelling against you. Like mm-hmm. you will bring them down too if you don't throw them a life fest or teach themselves how to swim. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it was, it was nice going back to the Guzman that I felt like we ended season three with, right? Like that was the, that was the Guzman that we had met who went to Nadia's dad and said like, I won't date her. She needs the education. She needs the education more than she needs me. And like, it just felt very reminiscent of the person that we had grown to love. And so it was nice to get him back. And I agree with you. Like, even if, if that's the last memory I have of Guzman, a character I used to love, like that would be fine. Yes. I, I, yeah, I like, it was just so well done. And like, I liked that, that by the end of it, yeah, Benjamin really agreed with him and like Saul and like took that in and like went to Mencina and was like, if Rebe wants to stay at the house, like I miss, I also liked that it prompted um, him to kind of change his parenting style a little bit being like, I miss you. Like, I feel better when you sleep at our house. So what do we have to do for you to sleep here? Because he had spent six episodes, not really caring where she was and putting that all on Ari, not realizing that a lot of the reasons that she was acting out was because she like needed a dad. Like she needed someone to care that she wasn't home. Mm -hmm. She, and not because Ari did it in a way that was so like, oh, like you make my life harder because dad puts you on me. Not like, I did like that by the end of it, the Benjamins seemed to really love each other. And I do think the stupid, great scene with Guzman was like the catalyst to getting them to see her as their daughter again and like sister again, and not just like the problem child. Yes, I agree. Anyway, so <laughs> ran over single scene. And I will say when we were talking, a follow-up to that would also probably be Katya just like kind of like going in on um Philip's mom telling her, like, you need to like you have an antiquated way of thinking that like boys don't have impulse control. So girls just need to like control it for them. And like, no, that's on you and your poor like parenting style. So it's just teens yelling at parents was like the highlight of the season. Yeah. I teens mean, talking have- <laughs> teens talking to other teens was not their strongest point. Um, so going into a little bit of news before we jump into our recommendation of the week. So Elite has already been renewed for season six ahead of the season five premiere. Season five will premiere, I'm assuming next year since season four came out this past summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it does seem like it's done filming is what I could like gather from the internet. And then there's going to be three holiday themed installments of the short form, like Elite short stories. One is Philip. Katya and Philippe, which I don't know who that is, but on 12, I'm um, premiering on December 15th, Samuel and Omar premiering on December 20th, and then one just about Patrick on December 23rd. So I'm excited about those. I think those pairings are really interesting and none of them see, I'm just shocked at how Philip and Katya are going to have a scene after like their last scene together was him admitting to assault, but yeah, we'll get three new short stories in like less than a month. I know it's crazy that they're going to keep doing the short story thing. Yeah. I like the short story because, because they don't have to acknowledge the greater mystery at all. Right. And also is you not, you know, you and I talked about this a lot, but it does kind of plant the seed for friendships that they might not have the chance to figure out a way to get them together in the show. Right. Like Guzman and Rebe were never really that close because of their short story. They really did have like, at least some sort, like I understood, um, I guess maybe another thing I really liked, and then I will go to recommendations and stop talking was, um, like I said earlier, the scene with Rebe Guzman and Samu, and it only worked in my opinion, because Rebe and Samu had spent the you know season reconnecting on their friendship and Rebe and Guzman had that short story together. Like, I don't know if that scene would have been as powerful and their goodbye being like, do not tell, don't tell Katya and Omar what happened. Like this stays between the three of us if we hadn't had 
a short story with Guzman and Katya in it. Yeah. At the same time. Plus, like, I mean, looking back on Elite, obviously I love everything, but like. (laughs) (laughs) Look, we have a lot of problems with the things we love. I love it all. I don't regret it for a second. No, for sure. But the um, the Guzman Katia Rebe like fifteen minutes is like some of the best fifteen minutes that Elite's like produced. So it was if so that's the fu- quality we're going for. I am pumped. <laughs> that's what I'm saying too. Like if we get another, like if the Samuel and Omar one makes me like stop saying Omar is Eeyore and like actually makes them like a fun duo, like that could be a game changer for season five absolutely or like same with Patrick like if we like they can really use those short stories to either do character development or like fix like they fixed Katya's entire character development in 35 minutes in three short stories they made her likable very impressive like they have they are talented writers yeah I think they just rely so heavily on the mystery that they have to like give us the red herrings and throw the people off which is like the exact opposite problem Riverdale has right like Riverdale doesn't have that doesn't have the story so you just have to root for the characters whereas like elite like I could hate a character like I hated Ander by the end of it but he was fucking Uh necessary to the season and like I can acknowledge that his character is important yeah no we're only watching Riverdale for the characters it is the only reason because I like yeah I fucking like Betty and Archie and like that's it I like those three and Cheryl sort of and like watching Cole Sprouse have to continue to participate in this job that he clearly hates so much mm-hmm. is just I feel like I owe it to him and his pain <laughs> he's having to do this to it's him. also one of those things where it's like they're good actors and they're like but they're not I can tell they don't want to be there while they're acting right, right. I can tell in scenes they don't want to be, be there <laughs> yeah like um anyway don't worry guys we will be covering season five of Riverdale mm-hmm. next year yes I'm um we're, we're making our way through it we're making so our lot, way through lot, we've got we've got some good episodes coming up for y'all through the rest of 2020 are we in 2021 2021 that was, that was like completely like I was like I don't want to sound dumb but are we in 2021 we're in November Spotify today on my Spotify was like rewind and like watch your or listen like it has like 2020 playlists like your top whatever's like rewind on the year 2020 and I'm like who asked for this nobody wants to rewind on 2020 music or otherwise (laughs) yeah I was listening to my 2021 2020 rewind because I thought it was like the current one yeah I want to know my 2021 one which actually maybe I don't because I think it's going to be like just a lot of Taylor again just a lot of Taylor like just so basic so basic so so what is your recommendation yes, for this so week's episode speaking of celebrities um my recommendation of the week is another podcast called the celebrity memoir book club and mm-hmm. it is great these girls read a celebrity memoir I guess every week and the couple that I've listened to, they did one on like Caitlyn Jenner's uh, memoir, um, one on Miley Cyrus's one from when she was like 16, <laughs> and then um, the man repeller, Leander Medine. Um, those are three episodes I've listened to so far. And I think I saw her on TikTok is how I found. I was going to say her Caitlyn Jenner, like breakdown of dating, like Caitlyn Jenner's like, ex-wives came up on my yeah. For You page today for Celebrity Book Club. 
Yeah. Um, so I, I found her through that. Um, but I actually have read the the Man Repeller book. And so that that was the episode I started with. But um basically these two girls, at least in the ones I've listened to, basically just ripped the barb book apart for 45 <laughs> minutes. Um, which is like delightful because like I think celebrity memoirs are generally really fucking stupid. And um, yeah, I I don't I think that they're really hard to finish because there's basically no plot I just pulled off my uh Gabrielle Union one that sits by oh, my desk heard that one's good this one's really good if you want to borrow it the yeah, um we're going to need more wine that's not my recommendation it's just Gabrielle Union is and Busy Phillips I think are the two most honest memoirs I've read where they like acknowledge that they're the bad guys sometimes usually they're like this weird hero like yeah. I my own success is what got in my way and well my dad was wealthy we weren't boat wealthy so it was harder for me to get into Sarah Lawrence I was like no like fucking she's Gabrielle's like I cheated on my husband like she like goes into like some stuff yeah um but anyway it's I mean and it's not like all negative like the point is that it isn't to be negative and they do like I think a good job of like adding contact like his context around like mm-hmm. well let's remember that Bruce's wife at the time was blah 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 or like I mean they call her Caitlin's wife time, yeah like, you know whatever like they add this like context around every once in a while and um like they kind of go through the book chronologically and also like in the Miley one they like mention like over and over again they're like we're we know that she didn't write this like we know right, this, this writer and so like what we're going to comment on a lot of in this episode is like mm. what the Disney machine thought the audience needed like the version of Miley that they wanted everyone to know because that's what this book is right it's not mm-hmm. like Miley's version of herself it's Disney's version of Miley (laughs) yeah I also think there's something really interesting about a celebrity memoir that isn't super recent because all three of the ones you mentioned came out like you know like two to you know 10 years ago or whatever yeah I think and the most recent one and with that you can also see like if they were telling the truth right like like Leander or whatever like she did not like you know like she had a fall from grace so like I think in like same with like Miley it's like very like even if they just guessed right like this is Disney there's no way she actually wrote this whatever it's like well 13 years later it is very apparent that that was not Miley like that she did not feel the way that she was saying in the book like so I think it's really interesting to go and read books that aren't super recent especially for those memoirs so when you're listening to them guys I guess go for a book that's been out for a while because if they do deep dive which I see on on TikTok yeah um yeah, there's the, been updates yeah the um for sure yeah the Miley one they were like well some of it was like still true though they're like she a, she acts like a big like animal rights activist and like she's still you know pretty involved in that scene now but of course there's also this like entire bit how she's like I would never do drugs <laughs> <laughs> like, drugs are bad like all this entire like D-A-R bit or like um they're like war against drugs they're like the Reagan the Reagan just say no just say no is like an entire chapter um but the Leandra Medine was 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 really good one of the two hosts of the of the podcast worked for her Mm -hmm. and like I had actually thought a lot I read it like while Man Repeller was still like a existing and b um like popular it was like a couple years ago when I read the book and mm-hmm. I remember thinking the same things about it like a little bit like wait what the fuck like 
over and over again in the book it's like weird stuff that she should not have admitted to or like said out loud or like how have you not realized that thinking this way even if you thought it at the time is like wrong um or like yeah but at least that's consistent with who she is today she says things all the time where I'm like stop talking just stop doing interviews it tracks a lot (laughs) even even just like not to like spoil the whole episode but like basically the like butt of the whole joke is like man repeller as a concept is like wearing whatever you want right like and not worrying about like the societal pressures of men but like the entire book is how she like changed every single thing about herself over and over in her entire life so she could like have a man Mm-hmm. yeah 23 and also gave herself anorexia still has it and never acts like it's a negative thing that actually part is really wild in a way that like the girls were like I can't believe like a publisher let her write this yeah that's extremely unhealthy like it's no like, like she literally is like I lost all this weight and I w- and my brother said out loud at dinner that I looked scary and why hasn't my mom done anything and I've never felt more proud Ugh. And then they like never, and she like never went back to discussing her weight ever again in the book. And she still is, I'm pretty sure, currently anorexic. I mean, she's so thin. It's insane. Um, But yeah, no. And they were like, what? (laughs) Yeah. She literally was like, clothes finally looked better on me because I was thin. Nope. Like, it's just like, that's just like not like like, what it takes. I looked fashionable when I had like, I was weighed more. Ugh. Yeah, no, it's really disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, my recommendation, I have I have a real one and a fake one. Like, I have a real one and a joke one. So my real one is the Versed exfoliating face wash. I've just felt like my skin's been, like, very, like, kind of dull and, like, with the weather changing, like, so whatever. And I just really wanted it to get clean. And I, like, highly recommend this exfoliating face wash. So I'll share a little screenshot of that. And, like, you can get it at Target. Like, I'm a very big fan of Versed. And then my joke, well, my fake recommendation, which is just more of a suggestion. I would like all of our listeners to head over to Kate Bosworth's Instagram and read her divorce announcement and then tell us your favorite part because it is, I have read like 12 thrillers this year and that divorce announcement was still probably the like wildest, twistiest thing I've ever read. Sophie and I joked about it for probably 45 minutes last week and like all love and light to her and Michael, like not making fun of the divorce, not making fun of the fact that she's getting divorced. Like that's a very hard choice, but once you read it, let us know. it's a why it's just a ride. Like it's, um, yeah. So that's my other one. And we'd love to talk about it with more people because really love and light, um, and, uh, split a, split a shot of whiskey to everyone. I mean, yeah, it's, it's the it's really outstanding it's an outstanding piece it's of it's, it's honestly a short film yeah it's it's a dialogue to a short film it's marriage story is what we were reading Blake Lively is gonna direct it <laughs> yeah Taylor's actually it's actually the the the, the thesis for all too well yeah <laughs> um but all right guys well thanks so much for listening to our season four recap of Elite we'll be back in two weeks with a very special guest so be sure to tune in then to hear a friend of the pod, Andy Green. We're going to welcome him back to talk all things season two of Ted Lasso. Yes. We will see you guys then. All right. Bye. Bye.